In this podcast, I talk to Jim from Dad La Soul about all things to do with marriage, parenting and mental health. I hope you enjoy the episode. Dad Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday. Uh, now time to welcome our uh, headline guest of the evening. His name is James McDonald and he is here right now. James, how are you? I'm good, yeah. I don't know about headline guests. That's I, I, I now feel the need to live up to that. Yeah, um, you, you do. Um, I mean, from the international destination of Saltine in our in our spare room, <laughs> hoping that children who should be in bed are in bed. But as we know, parts, there's no yeah. guarantees. No, exactly. Uh, and then you kind of what I always find is trying to find a place in the house to do this on the last Thursday of every month, where the children aren't going to get woken up by me excitedly shouting but anyway you are the welcome the, the, the guest of honor so can awesome. i just give you a round of applause here we go there's the round of applause that's the be- that's the first and probably last i've ever had i'm i'm thrilled thank you uh, that's fine once again as i say i've spent a lot of money on these um these uh, i can things. tell actually it's yeah it's the finishing touches that make the difference i think and yeah that's it Gild- some say gilding the lily but i don't i think you can never gild a lily no too. i don't think you can no i think you're there uh, so James, you are here because you're a, a man of many, many talents. Throw at us some of your many different titles and uh, occupations and things that you do. My do- wife would definitely argue that that last statement. But no, I've got um, I've got a number of different sort of hats that I wear. I I have a podcast called Dad Mind Matters. Um, I also work for the NCT. Um, I am in, I'm a, a, a team leader, and we organise. Um, activities for men with our parents in mind we're also looking for volunteers so that's something anyone wants to be you know get in contact with please do i've just written a book called first time dad um which is a 42 week guide to pregnancy i've struggled my mental health on and off since my teens with sort of intrusive thoughts and i think there's not enough support for men for um men when they become dads and also just the 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 massive change that is is pregnancy and i think if you can't look after yourself you you you, you've no chance of being able to support your partner so that's the thing isn't it and that that's uh, the the point that you sort of make is that it's a kind of dual thing it's um it's looking after your partner being there to support them but also making sure you're supporting yourself and your own mental health as well yeah if you if you're if you're i mean it's sometimes difficult i think because obviously you go through pregnancy then you're not the most important person in the situation because you know fair enough your, your your partner is actually doing the lion's share of the work she is growing your child but that doesn't mean that you aren't allowed to to, to be aware and think about you know some self-care um and it's it's actually i think it's dangerous to not look after yourself not get enough sleep not and not just you know talk to your partner about your concerns and your worries is only going to strengthen your bond as a relationship um and i found certainly that by being honest with my wife about things that were really worried me just sort of gave her a license to to do the same and maybe share concerns and worries that she had about becoming a mum. because that's it is a really worrying time and i mean you think that the worry is going to end when the baby's born but it, it continues but <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah. if you, sorry if you've not had a kid yet yeah <laughs> but that worry lasts for a while yeah um but it is a worrying time, isn't it? Because you are suddenly, you're concerned about the health of the baby, about the health of the other half, about your own health as well. You're worried about finances. You're worried about being prepared in time. 
uh, you know, you're worried about all of these sort of things. Yeah. Some areas, some seemingly small, but everything can build up. So that's like a long nine months of just general concern. Really. Yeah, you just you just want to make sure you're doing enough. And I think that, that the problem is, is nothing can, the, the learning curve when you become a parent is insane. Uh, you know, the minute your child is born, you are suddenly not the most important person in your own life which is a very weird concept. You know, from now on, you will have to make sure that someone else is clean, happy, fed before you, before, before that, that is a priority for you, which is, which takes some getting used to. Um, I mean, it's a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. I, I'd be, I've got, I'm blessed to have, I've got an amazing wife and three wonderful children, but it is the most challenging thing you, you will ever do. And it continues to challenge me in ways that I, you never really, there are days when you just think, I don't know how I got through that today. Uh, yeah. I find ridiculous parody songs and right and you know doing podcasting and writing and trying to help people kind of just say, look, I get, I make, I, I, I fell on an epic scale quite often. <laughs> You're probably doing better than you think you are. Just be kind to yourself. It's it, it, you know, and and if you need some help, just and it's, you know, just ask because the help is there. I think. Yeah, I um, I. I found out a friend of mine where his uh, other half was expecting and I just sent him a message this week uh, just say, oh, congratulations, just heard about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got no idea what's going on. I've got no idea what I'm going to do. And it's just, it was, uh, all I could do is just say, no one does, really. Yeah. Like, you'd, you'd struggle to find someone who thought, I've got this in check. It's going to be fine. This is going to be plain suits. Plain, well, I wouldn't plain... believe them. Um, no. And actually, that wouldn't that wouldn't help a new dad at all. I think you're much better off saying, "Look, I haven't got all the answers, and I didn't when I was a dad." But the the one thing I found is that when I became a dad, I suddenly was so grateful of my friends who were who were dads because they suddenly became the oracle, not just in how to be a dad, but you know how to navigate marriage or any sort of relationship because it just everything changes and. And there isn't, and that's kind of why I wanted to write this book because there isn't this. There are books out there. I don't think there's enough support for men. Um, and I, I wanted to write a really candid, honest description, sort of warts and all, of what it's like from week one to week forty-two, getting yourself, your house, you know, ready to to sort of have a little person living in it. And that's that's really the kind of. It's that balance, isn't it? It's, it's like it's not a book about just being a dad in a vacuum. And a lot of you get a lot of books, I think, that are about just being a new mum in a vacuum. But this yeah. is very much kind of looking at it from you're a team and you have to work yeah. together. That's the only way it works. I mean, I've tried, I've written it sort of, you know, week by week so that, you know, you, you have an account of what's actually happening, in, you know, in the development of your child. But I've also tried to write it on what may be happening for your partner, not just physically, but mentally, and and also what may be happening where you might be. And obviously, it's sorry, just kick the tripod, that <laughs> professional. Um, what might be happening for you? And obviously, everyone's everyone's you know journey of becoming a parent is is unique. But I think there are enough things that are just universal, and people go, "Oh wow, yeah, I remember that." Like you know the the the, the twelve and twenty week scans and just you know just the changes in your life and the changes you make to your house and i've tried to be really honest about it and really sort of and, and what well, i've been really lucky people i've had some lovely reviews and people said there were times it made me laugh out loud there were times when there was a lot of pathos in there 
because I talk about how my mental health, you know, spiked at times when I just thought, I don't know if I'm going to be good enough to do this. I don't know if I'm actually just, am I going to be all, you know, and then you feel really guilty for thinking, how can I be thinking about myself at the moment where really it's, it should all be about my partner. And I think it's important to, to, to give your partner as much support as you can, but you need to look after yourself. That's paramount, I think. Mm-hmm. So the, your kind of your mental health, had it been an issue sort of way before you were a, a, a dad? Yeah. I mean, I've always had, um, I had, I did a CBT course. I was referred uh, uh, to a CBT course by my GP. Um, I've always had what I would, I've always remember being a very anxious child and teenager. And I've always been a bit of a checker. Like I worry about, you know, checking the doors and leaving the house and, and what I didn't realize was then was intrusive thoughts. I get what I, what is, I, I've been, I, I got diagnosed following that course, that CBT course of having what's called pure O, which is a form of OCD and how it manifests itself is through intrusive thoughts. So most people may um, have a thought in their mind about, cool, that was close. That car came close to me and then it goes, it passes for me, I will, that will linger in my mind and I will catastrophize about what could have happened if, I ha- if, if X, Y, and Z. And at its best, it can be mildly annoying. At its worst, it can be utterly debilitating to the point where you just, you're so consumed with anxiety that it's very difficult to know what to do. And I've, I've found that, um, and it takes time. You have to learn what works for you. And I've been on medication and I'm all right sharing that. I think it's important. I do uh, a lot of open water swimming. I, I have a, you know, I have a cold shower every day. Um, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I, I find anything creative really helps. So playing terrible songs on the ukulele, um, having a podcast, really just being present and being, be doing something with, that stops me worrying about fictitious road traffic accidents. Um, I've kind of accepted I mean, not to say that I've, I've stopped trying to sort of overcome it, but I think you get to a point where you just think, just got to accept that it's here. It's just, it's, it's not who I am. I'm not my intrusive thoughts. It's a part of me. Um, and instead of the amount of energy of fight, trying to fight this, just accept that it is what it is. And actually, in some ways, um, it's, it gives me a compassion for other people who are struggling, maybe beyond the norm. I don't know what someone else's mental health battle is, but I know how difficult it can be. And that for makes me really passionate about wanting to help other people who are struggling. Mm. So that's like, um, yeah, it's that extra level of, of empathy, I guess, isn't it? Because yeah. you kind of know, even though you don't know exactly what's happening, you, you, you know what it's like to absolutely have that. Um, how did uh, becoming a dad or finding out you were going to be a dad? Um, how did that affect your mental health? Um, in some ways, it, it improved it um, because I, I became very focused. I found that when I became a dad, it gave me an extra gear. Certainly when our daughter was born, I suddenly thought, actually, this isn't enough. I need to really work on myself and get a better job and just do some work. It was, I think the love you have for your child is so overwhelming Um it's kind of when the becoming a dad is when I actually suddenly kind of really understood the concept of um, unconditional love. I mean, you would you would literally do anything for your children. Um, and I'm not being overly dramatic. I think most parents would go, yeah, I, you know, I would do whatever I have to do. Um, 
where I found it, I, it, it challenged my mental health was just the fatigue. I'm, I'm always more anxious and my intrusive thoughts are, all, are, are, are more evident when I'm tired. Um, which I, and, and the problem is, is that you're, as, as a parent, you're going to be tired in ways that you don't realize. I remember the first week of our, I remember feeling so tired. I thought, am I okay to drive? I feel like I, I shouldn't be driving. Or, or luckily, in my job, I, I don't operate heavy machinery. But I just thought, I'm so tired that I actually feel quite delirious. And I think that's just parents feel that. But the problem with that is that when you're tired, it's like, you know, that you're in, I'm more anxious. I'm checking stuff more. And so, but you, I think like everything you get as a parent, you learn to kind of just get, you have to, you learn to do the, 30% more work on 30% less energy. I think you just evolve over time um, because you haven't got a choice. Yeah. And uh, you buy more tea and coffee. That's... Yes, I am. I, I, my bloodstream is definitely 50% latte, I think, <laughs> at least. Um, now, you, you have mentioned that, um, you know, one of, your, one of your coping mechanisms is creating terrible ukulele songs Yes, I did catch some of this on your live stream that you did this morning. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've not you've I I have mentioned it shamelessly about two or three times. You're like, I'm just not going to get away with him not playing a terrible song. In fairness, it's about 30 seconds long. I'm Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm genuinely don't be. (laughs) No, this is the big moment. This This is the big moment. Yeah, don't build it up. That's that's the key to happy life is um, lowering your expectations. (laughs) So if you kind of think think of sort of a I don't know a, a Tuesday a rainy Tuesday afternoon in January, um, yeah, with your feet maybe in a bowl of mushy peas, that's a good starting point maybe. This is a parody song, and I promise it is. There's no second or third verse. So if you're starting to think this is going on a bit, um, of the of the Proclaimers' 500 miles, it's basically a, a bit of a take on how I think it is being a parent. When you're a parent. Well, you know there's going to be an endless list of jobs to do. You'll try washing with soap or bleach or lava, but your hands will always smell of someone's poo. And when I've done 500 jobs, it just gets replaced with 500 more. I want to be a man who gets to sleep in his own bed, not someone else's floor. I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted, but apparently not as tired as my wife. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted, but I wouldn't change a thing about my life. That is magnificent. I think magnificent is is un, is, is generous. Yeah. I will take that. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Thank you. I'm gonna say now, any other guest that comes on here, no matter how serious the topic, no matter how serious the the uh, the subject that we're talking about, halfway through, they're gonna have to stop and do a parody song on the ukulele. I think- yeah, anyone who's following me is thinking, yeah, thanks for that. That's great. Um, I think <laughs> I have to do, I think, do you know what? I do, I, do a da- I do a dad's, what I call a dad's daily live stream on my Facebook page every day. And every day, like I did just then, I make, I, I stumble through a song badly. But I think that's a really good thing to do because you realize that A, no one really cares. And you B, and realize it doesn't, doesn't do you any harm. If anything, you just, and I think that's, half the reason i'm slightly segueing and you know but i think i think sometimes you've just got to be prepared to be not very good at something in order you've got to go you know it's like 
no one wants to everyone wants to write the perfect book or the perfect song they just don't want to to write 100 crap ones first and i think if you can if you can have the courage and i, I you know I, I i sometimes are awful sometimes it's just bad and i make a mistake but you can start again and no one cares and if anything it just makes your story much more interesting because if you literally tried something and were awesome where's the you know the the rocky the rocky um films would never have been as good as if you just won every part of the first five minutes <laughs> yeah, exactly i want my money back yeah it's just really good like yeah i mean it's not like the beatles just went straight into uh no. strawberry fields forever is it you know they they had a, a run-up to it and you know were years those hamburg years they wouldn't have been the big band that they were now but no they, you know that's the thing you have to you have to try these things and i i, I get that as well part of a, a morning routine as well to kind of get up, do something creative. That's a great way of um, just in, like inspiring yourself to just get ready for the day, setting you up for the day. Because it can be, as you say, with that abject tiredness of parenthood, it can be a very slow start to the day otherwise, can't it? Yeah, and I think also you always get might always get more out of it, I think. And actually, because a lot of people go, oh, I don't want to do things because I'll get trolled or I'll get... Do you know what? I think out of probably, it literally is one in a hundred. And what I've often found is if I do get the odd mean comment, you just, it inspires other people to go, come on, mate. He's, re- he's not doing anything of any harm. What you-? you don't actually have to defend yourself because you'll find that other people go, he's just trying to do something nice for other people. What's your problem? Um, and, but even you just realize, actually, it doesn't, it just really doesn't affect me. Um, and you also, you I think, don't underestimate how you liking someone's page or you saying, mate, I, I watched that and it made me laugh or I appreciate you doing it. I also, I sing happy birthday every day. You don't know who's watching and you also don't know who needs to hear that. You don't know who think, you don't know how dark someone might be in a place thinking, I'm in a really dark place, I'm so, you know, that I'm scared. And they just, you need something silly or just someone else reaches out. You, I think that's the thing. People go, well, it, it, the problem's so enormous. Where do I even start? Just start. That's yeah. it. Yeah, take that first step because otherwise you won't get closer to it. But the, t- the first Absolutely. step is it is the most difficult thing to do is to take that first step. And, you know, kind of talking about that with Glenn earlier about fitness and well-being and taking the first step to doing some exercise. And the first bit is tough, but you're on the road then. You're going. You, you know, you've started off. And you've, you've started your journey. Yeah, and you'll also see, you'll also meet other people. I mean, I do, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I've been doing it for eight years and I've got quite used to getting beaten up by 12-year-olds, um, <laughs> which is a 46-year-old man. You have to leave your ego at the door. I've been doing it for six years and I'm probably pretty average. I also teach the kids' classes, but it's, you're just competing against you. And actually, there's something so good for doing something. And I think any, any sport or fitness... That, that's humbling is very good because it just puts your ego in a box but actually it, it humbles you and that's a good thing and and you, you don't know who you might insp- be inspiring by trying to do something you know then someone who wants to also get fit or someone else who also wants to do something creative or write a book or i don't know just work on themselves they might think do you know what so and so is doing it and he's got less time with me less resources less whatever there's no reason so you can make a difference. You you generally can much more than you realize, I think. And there's all this sort of ties in the sort of stuff that you do. And the NCT thing, I guess, really ties into the book that you've written as well. Um, what, what sort of things do you do? So you work with men 
uh, like pre- soon to be dads, I guess. Yeah, I've just started um, working with the entity. I started in December and it's a new pilot scheme that they, they that I think they've actually, um, from a lot of the feedback, because obviously I remember going on an NCT course with our daughter and it's most people's understanding of the NCT is, is it's prenatal, you know, prenatal classes you normally go to 10 weeks before your, your due date. But I think they highlighted that there isn't support for men. There isn't, you know, and, and men need support. Okay, we're not actually giving birth, but a lot of men experience a lot of trauma watching your, um, watching your, you know, the whole concept of childbirth. I mean, I, I, I was very proud of myself. I only managed to faint nearly on <laughs> two, one out of three. Um, I, my wife has never let me live it down, which is fair enough. Um, but no, I, yeah, I work for, it's called Parents in Mind, uh, and we support, we look, we look and sort dads and birthing partners in East Sussex by doing offline and online activities. We do, um, we're going to be doing sort of Tuesday night live streams, and we're going to be doing socials and walks, and just trying to show dads, very similar to what you're doing, very similar to the inspiring stuff you're doing, just going, you know, there is help out there, because you just, it's amazing how, so many, so many things that troubled me as a dad where I just thought, I've just made a mess of that. Another dad having the kindness to go, do you know what, mate? It wasn't that bad, actually. I think you've been really hard on yourself. But you, you, you need to meet, you need to kind of be in an environment, whether that can be online or offline. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to develop that. You can, if, if people who, um, who volunteer for us, we're trying to get people to volunteer two hours a week. Um, we, we, we offer them a, a free accredited um, perinatal mental health course, which I've, I've just I've finished. It's brilliant. And do you know what? I mean, you get a qualification, which is a useful thing for your CV. But I actually just enjoyed talking to I had it was uh, four Tuesdays of three hours on four different Tuesday evenings. Just nice to talk to other dads from all over the country about it was a bit of a laugh. And, I, you know, you kind of you're just talking to other men. And I think that's. There's never been a bigger need for that. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's why it's important, I think, that there are books like yours because it's it it's easy to think that you're on your own and you're just, you become that little bubble. And it, it does happen, you know, when you have kids, your social circle, which is what we've found, which is kind of why one of the reasons why we do what we do, which is because your social circle contracts and contracts and contracts because you don't have the time do you You know you've not got those times to go daytime drinking or whatever it is that you enjoy doing you know you can't maybe go to the football as often as you did or you can't you know go and just hang out with friends as much as as maybe you did before and so that gives you fewer frames of reference when something does go wrong and things go wrong all the time or things go wrong you think they've gone wrong. Really, it's just an experience, isn't it? It's yeah. a learning experience rather than it being something disastrous 99% of the time. So I guess that's, you know, it's about having those reference points. So if there are more books about it, if there are more groups like this, then it can only be helpful for people to go, oh no, this is rubbish. And then other people to go, well, when this happened to me, you know, this happened and I did this and you could do that and whatever. Yeah, and you don't know what your and, and these conversations can be at the school gates. They can be, but men don't do that. Men don't. I mean, this is a big generalization, but I think traditionally men are less likely to open up and talk about concerns and worries and their feelings, which is why 
sadly, it's the biggest killer. You know, suicide is the biggest killer of men in this country. That's terrible. That's just sad and unnecessary. Um, so and I think there's just, yes, yeah, so anything I can do. Oh, you know, I've got two boys. I want them to grow up in it. I don't want them to have to. I hope if they if they have similar stress to me, I hope they it's more acceptable. Uh, and I think we're making progress. It's more acceptable now for, say, our generation than it was for my father's generation. You just suffered in silence. Um, whereas now I think actually there are people, I mean, like what you guys are doing. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's pioneering. Um, and there are people who want, who want to get involved in this stuff. They just don't know where to start. Um, so, so with the sort of parents in mind and also what you guys are doing, there are places that, you know, and it's it, the, the most exciting thing is you get to collaborate. And this isn't, this isn't, this isn't work. This is fun. This is social. Um, I'm really proud of it. I really, you know, it gives me a, a genuine, I feel like it's, it's, it's worth, it's, it's, it's good work. It's things I'm, you know, it's, it's worth doing. When you wrote the book, was that after you'd had your third child? Yeah, I, um, I, I wrote the book actually. I mean, our youngest, um, is turning five tomorrow. So I have to, after this, I've got, an hour of assembling stuff which is gonna be terrifying um but yeah so i i think I, I started i wrote the book i started writing the book i think september last year um and I, the, the nhs website was a very helpful reference point because there were sort of week one to 42 and I, I read a lot of that stuff um and then put my own take on it um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was recalling information from 10 years ago. It's sort it's all still in there, I think. And I think people go, oh, I'd never remember. I bet you would. I bet if you started mm. writing, it's all in there. It's core memories. It's, it transcends everything else. You're not going to remember y y your paycheck or what you, you're not going to care on, you know, we, we can't take it with us. You're going to remember how you felt when you, you, your wife went into labor. You're going to remember how you felt when you, you had to drop your child off at nursery for the first time. You're going to remember, you're going to remember that stuff. It, you, it might not, you might have to do a bit of digging, but you might, the thing I love about writing is that once you start, you're like, where did that come from? Mm. It's all in there. You just, it's like any, like your guest previously, you get into creative flow. You get into that flow when actually you're, and that's when people, are, when people describe flow, it's your presence. That's why people got oh, so happy. I was, you know, and it could be something like, washing the car or you know hoovering it doesn't matter what it is you're like i was so engaged in that activity that i wasn't worrying about the far past or the future i was just present um so yeah it was actually it was easy i'm, I'm now i'm now writing the fourth trimester because i think actually it only gets more interesting i think it actually gets harder i think to an extent once you once the baby is in so it is kind of in your partner the, the problems happen when it when it comes out it's like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um but it's helped me hugely it really has i bet and what was the, what was the one thing when you started writing the one thing you were like this has to go into so this is something that i remember from the from one of the pregnancies this has to go in the book what was there anything that really stood out um there was a really really um inappropriate joke i'm just trying to think if i can get away with saying it um it's there's no swearing in it it's just there was a guy in uh, we went to, in our set actually my wife do you know what my wife thought it was funny my wife's a primary school teacher so it can't be that bad there you go um we i think it was our second week of um 
are NCT antenatal classes. So literally imagine a room of tired looking dads who may have been dragged there and, and a sort of eight heavily pregnant women. And one guy sort of said, I've got a joke. And his partner's like, don't, don't do that joke. And he's like, no, no, it's really funny. I think he was like, I'm going to break the ice. And all the dads are like, please tell the joke. Please tell the joke. Um, and can I tell the joke? Is it? Yeah, go for it. It's yeah. fine. Slide he, on said, he said, well, yeah, exactly. How do you make a hormone? Don't pay her. Oh. And um, it, it's awful. Yeah, I hope I haven't completely lost your... Um... That is, uh, I can imagine, in an NCP antenatal class situation. It was, it was probably the least appropriate thing you could ever say in that. I mean, you were... It was all, it was so bad. It was brilliant. And I, I thought, and when I was writing that, and I, I said to my wife, she said, yeah, it was really funny. It was really honest. And it was funny because we all knew he was going to be in so much trouble. Yeah. I, I, I doubt she's ever forgiven him for that. Because that's um, one of those situations, those antenatal classes are, um, it's like you're auditioning for baby friends, right? You know, it's like you're going, are we going to, we oh, yeah. be hanging out with these people for the next 18 years as our kids grow up together. Who are we going to pick as the friends? Annoyingly for us, when we went to ours, it was in the sort of next town over and four of the couples all lived on the same street, knew each other anyway. And so we never got a look in with anyone else. No, but... I, we, I did make some good male friends. Um, and my wife made some really good female friends. I think it's something that's really useful for, um the the mums because i think and I, I never really understood this until um i actually like watched a labor and i've never been more proud or in awe or in love with my partner than that moment because i was like i don't know how you're doing this i don't you look it look just you look at something the size of a melon being pushed out of something that's not the size of a melon and you just have massive and it's literally like the you know the the room at the afterwards looks like it looks like a scene from Kill Bill. I mean, it's kind of like I, 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 I've never been more more proud or impressed with another human being than that moment. Um, yeah. Um, how how would you then for a a, a dad to be? How would you prepare them for that? Because that is that's like nothing else, is it? The labour uh, being no, in, what it's and like it, nothing you. you it's difficult to, to know how you'd steal yourself for it. It can be scary, but I think the thing to do is to... I'm, I'm not good with blood. I'm quite squeamish. And I, I got... And this might have been my intrusive thoughts, my OCD. I got mildly obsessed with the worry about, am I going to have to cut the cord? Do I have to cut the cord? Um, and it's ridiculous. And I thought, this is ridiculous. For God's sake, just you'll say no. But then I thought, but yeah, well, what will people think? And I just... I got so in my own head about it. And I actually got to the point of actually sort of practicing cutting like bits of bacon to make a bacon sandwich, which sounds insane. But actually, A, the first, the first time they didn't ask me, the second time that I, they was asked, I cut it, it was fine. It wasn't fun, you know, but I think it, immerse yourself in it. I think it's because it won't be as scary. And actually you'll be, and I'm someone who's really squeamish. And if anyone's going to faint in a, in a hospital, it's going to be me. Just immerse yourself in it. And actually, so much is going on that's so exciting. You don't, you're aware of it, but actually there's just other more exciting things going on. Um, 
just be honest if there's things that worry you and scare you because actually there's a strong chance they're worrying they're worrying and scaring your partner and then you're a team um and actually just shows it just you'll have more it's it is it's a wonderful experience and it makes you so much closer to your partner which is so important because you need to be a team um and uh, um if you, i mean if you're lucky we were lucky we had really good um midwives as well and who were really there to like kind of you know they they knew when to jump in and reassure and they knew when to kind of stand back and yeah yeah that was really good both times you know really impressed with how they did that the thing i struggled with as a dad is that and this might be another gender generalization but i think i just wanted a job to do i wanted to know what my job was you know if if if, if my job was literally give me offer me a toffee every half an hour that, that's fine i'll do that if my job is but i think you just feel useless you're in this room your partner is in pain and scared and you just feel like I feel useless and what to do. And I, I, we were really lucky. We had, and I, I can't be more praise for the NHS. We are, my experience, the NHS has always been brilliant. And we had three excellent midwives who could, who could see that actually dad needs a job. And that can be as simple as just cleaning up the area around mm. or making sure, do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what it is. Just have a job, have a role and even ask beforehand, say, look, I'm a bit nervous about what to do on the day. Can can you can you involve me? Can you help me do? Because then I'll feel less in the way. Um, and you'll you'll. I mean, I guarantee you'll probably you'll probably annoy your partner anyway, um, and get blamed for everything from sort of the doomsday book onwards. Um, but that's fine, and that goes with. And yeah, I think one thing, and I talk about this in the book. You have to have a tough skin, and I'm quite a sensitive person but you have to not take stuff personally because your partner is probably exhausted and scared. And she may say things that actually you feel like, wow, that was a bit harsh. I think if you were in her position, you'd be, yeah, I, it's, it, it's, it, it'll be, it'll be the most invigorating experience of your life. It may well be one of the things that that was really scary. And I felt, but it will be something that you were, it's a, that you won't forget. And, you know, and I, the fact that I could, I could make an account of it a decade on kind of proves that. Well, James, thank you so much. It's been fascinating. It's been really good. Um, tell us about where we can get the book. Yeah. Firstly, can I just apologize for that horrendous joke? I'm feeling like I've probably lost my job. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, because it's relevant. It is relevant, isn't it? That someone used that in a, yeah that situation yeah. that is fascinating and that's one of those moments isn't it you know you'll always remember that mass and it, it is an awkward situation yeah in and i think actually certainly with men's mental health we need to we need to to, to mention the awkward stuff because actually when it's out in the open and that's this is a lot of my own mental health stuff i worry beyond what the point you you'd forgotten about that i hadn't forgotten about that in my my mind still processing what could possibly go wrong from that situation Anyway, yeah, you can get the the books on Amazon. Um, if you put da- um, first time dad James McDonald into Amazon, it will pop up. Um, and yeah, I. And if you do you know what, if you want, if you're if you want me to sing you happy birthday, uh, come and find me on Facebook. I'd love to do that. I generally want to interact with people, and especially if people are having a crap time, and that doesn't have to be. You know, you can't. You can't just be feeling down, or can just be that you're like, I just, I just need to. You know, I'm, I'm, I've got, 
I've got to tackle taking the kids to school. I just need to pick me up. I, you know, and, and something as basic as me saying, hello, so-and-so can just be, I'm seen. I'm actually, I'm seen. Um, please do that. Because it, it's more fun for me. I, 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 quite often, I'm just talking to myself <laughs> in the kitchen. So, Yeah, well, that's, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, you know, at least, you know, you, you're directing that conversation, even if it is just you um yeah well let's get other people involved as well um we will send out some social posts with links to the book as well um so dad mind matters as well that's the podcast can, can you get that everywhere you get your podcasts you can pretty much i think apple um apple podcast spotify um are the main ones i think 80 percent of the people who watch it watch it on apple podcast but yeah if you go to if you ever find me on facebook or um i've got a youtube channel as well which is also dad mind matters um i'm just i'm generally trying to build a community that helps dads specifically dads like me who struggle with mental health um and i this is a really easy fun way to do it brilliant well that's a, a noble aim and thank you very much james mcdonald it's been absolutely thanks jim it's that's been a pleasure talking to you i really hope you got something in this podcast and if you train brazilian jiu-jitsu and be interested in being involved in a future podcast please comment below. I hope wherever you are in the world, you're okay. Take care. Dad Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday. If you'd like to receive my monthly newsletter, email me at mydadmissions at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can leave your email address in the comments section or check out this podcast episode description.